You know, it's awesome to see something like that that's happening today when you've been involved in someone's life for a little while. Talking about my own, an own personal story that's happened here the past couple of years. You know, you just choose to invest in somebody. You got somebody on your heart, and you invest in them. You didn't preach to them. You didn't do anything like that. You just loved them. And they begin to know a little bit about your own story and where you are and what you do. And you start to know a little bit about their story and who they are and what they do. And then you start kind of hanging out, maybe doing some of the same things and not necessarily being best friends. That's not what I'm talking about. But as spending the time with him, with this individual, uh, you know, he wasn't even on the sign-up. But I, he texted me this week and asked me the time of the baptism. And uh, so I didn't really know if he was really going forward with it. And... Um, I got another text last night during our growth track that happened last night. Growth track, you know what that is. You know, that's getting to know what's going on here at the church. And that was yesterday. And cool to have a baptism right after. But then I, as that's going on, I'm getting a text. And it's from a friend of his that's saying, Hey, I don't know if he'll want me to be there, but can I be there to celebrate with him his baptism? So, man, I'm just telling you, it's cool when you're part of what's happening in someone's life. So listen, what I wanted to do, we're kind of in the middle spot here. We're getting ready to start a new series in just a couple weeks on the Holy Spirit. And um, uh, Pastor Tiffany's going to come to you next week. And Serve Week, Serve Month this year is coming up here very quickly in July. She's going to share some things with you about that. But uh, so we're kind of in the middle here. I asked the staff or the team if I could just get in and give a little bit of explanation of what's happening this afternoon in some individuals' lives. And... Um, It'll help us to understand maybe the biblical foundation of it. But at the same time, I want to take you beyond just the, the outward event of it. And a lot of times, you know, God really began to talk to me, just for me, personal revelation here a couple weeks ago, about the subject of baptism. And he took me beyond the outward event that's happening. Because a lot of times we, we put a lot of emphasis on that. And you should. Because it's a major moment. Someone's making a cool decision to say, look, this is who I am. <laughs> That's the pressure. The pressure's on right then. You know what I mean by that? The next day when they make a mistake, they just declare before Jesus, and the devil loves to come at you at that moment and say, you got baptized yesterday, see, it didn't mean nothing. So if you put faith in the event of baptism, you'll be disappointed quite a bit. And I want to talk to you about how we don't put faith in the event. We ex get excited about the event because it is that outward profession. And God really began to show me some things about what happens, how I'm putting faith in the grace of God at that moment and what that looks like. And the grace of God is simply His ability, His power, and a little bit more to it in the, we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Grace is such a big subject. <laughs> Do you know it takes grace to, to get crucified? It takes grace to get buried, and it takes grace to get risen. Your Savior, Jesus, opened the door for an ability. A new power came into operation for you to do what you're going to do today, maybe. But not only that, live what you're going to do today. Amen? So let's get some technical stuff out of the way, and then we'll hit some things where we exhort you into, man, that grace. Everybody say, Grace! title of today is just baptism into grace all right but here let me give you some technical things very quickly go with me to mark chapter one when i say technical these are the foundational pieces without them things can shake things can fall okay mark chapter one verses four through and five and nine through eleven 
I'm not going to read them to you, but I want you to see what's said in those verses. Mark chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Many of you may be familiar with John, John the Baptist. And this is where you see him kind of come onto the scene, Mark's account of this. And he's baptizing people. So John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. All right? But jump down to verse 9 and 11. This is when you see Jesus show up to John, a man, Jesus as a man, shows up at John and he says, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And uh, let's just read it. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is really the first mention of baptism in the New Testament. Now you see it more times, but this is kind of the first mention of it. And when you look at this, this is something that kind of gives us an understanding. Maybe this is something I want to give attention to because Jesus did this. All right? But here, let me just give you some quick definitions to help you. Just kind of look at some things. During that time, when you saw someone get baptized, here's kind of their mindset, the way they thought about this. It was a rite of initiation into something new. A rite, I have a right to do this. I'm being initiated now into something new. Another way to look at it, that through their eyes, it was an adherence to the teachings of the respective teacher. So they adhered to something, respective teachings. Okay, hey, there's something I'm going to learn here. And they made a decision. So write this statement down if you've got a pen. Some of you are doing it. It's awesome. I see people writing today. That is so cool. I want you to see this statement. Christian baptism is a dedication to follow Jesus and to be his disciple. Pretty simple. Christian baptism is a dedication to follow Jesus and to be his disciple. Let me define that for you kind of with three different statements. You don't need to write these statements down. You won't be able to keep up with me. Okay? Number one, what that is saying is an ordinance representing my identification as a Christian with the death, say death, burial, and a resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right? It's a public confession. Most of us know that. But ultimately, it's an outward sign of an inward work. Look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Just get a little foundation here. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Everybody say power. power. <laughs> Go ye therefore, now he's saying, look, now you do something. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Say commanded. Amen. Commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. And he says, even unto the end of the world. Now the word baptism here simply means, or baptizing, in the Greek. I know you don't care about the Greek. It doesn't matter to you. But it does help us to know the real definition of it. The word baptism simply here means to be fully immersed. Not sprinkled, fully immersed. 
Every time you see the word in the New Testament, that's what it means. It means I'm going to be fully immersed in something, and I'm in adhering to something, but most importantly, I'm going to be fully immersed. So, when you look at that, he's simply saying, I want you to go all the way under the water and come all the way out. Okay? Because there's something that's signified by that. Without all the way under, you do not complete what you're representing. This does not represent or does not complete what is happening. And I understand, I'll just say this, just a quick blip. I know it, uh, when our babies come along, we, we anoint them with oil or there's a sprinkling that takes place. There's really no reference to that in Scripture. But here's what we are doing when we're doing that, okay? You're, this, is, this is a whole different subject. This is another one. What you're doing when that's happening is you are making a dedication of yourself as a parent to adhere to the teachings of the Scripture. And I'm saying, you know what, until this person, this child comes of age, which is usually about seven, eight years old, or maybe depending on the kid, let's start there, a little seven, they, you want to help them, you adhere to, you're saying, I'm going to bring them up in the same teaching to where there's something that's being represented. Now we need to find out what's being represented. Again, we're just putting some foundation down. Go to First Peter. <clears throat> Look at verse th- chapter 3, excuse me. And look at verse 21. Josh, that was very good exhortation, man. That word that you said, take charge, just went off. But here, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. Kind of long, there's a lot of words, and, uh, but a lot of words help people like me. Okay? And uh, baptism, which is a figure of their deliverance does now also save you from inward questioning and fears. Not by the removing of outward bodily filth, bathing, but by providing you with the answer of the good and clear conscience, (laughs) inward cleanness and peace before God, because you are demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of, the Jesus, of Jesus Christ. And I love that word that we just saw in Genesis chapter 1. I am taking charge now of my life, demonstrating what's going on on the inside of me. So here's what we're saying. That when there is a resurrection, when, the, when there's a, uh, a death, when I'm being crucified, today when I'm standing up out of the water, before anything's done and you come out, I'm being crucified at that moment. I'm signifying the crucifixion of Jesus. And then when I go under the water, not just... Listen, I'm telling you, I've I've done it just because I'm not going to have any question. (laughs) And I don't want to get you afraid. But I've had those people that are a little bit afraid of water and they get to that spot and about this much of their heads out. And I go, whoop! I shove you all the way in, man. Because I am making sure you have no question when you come up and out. And there's always two or three of us say, we won't drown you, I guarantee you. Uh, but, but why? Because I'm being crucified and I am burying an old man. That's what's happening. That's what the symbolism is. That's what you're saying. And when that old man goes in, I am saved. And when I come back up, I'm resurrected. Old man goes, new man comes up. you're still going to have to deal with the old man over the next few days, but that's the part, maybe the rest of your life, but that's really the part that I want to tap into, because look, if we're not careful, man, we're going to put a lot of faith in that moment of going under. We're going to put a lot of faith in that Pastor Stephen shoved me all the way under. There's no question. (laughs) 
But tomorrow when you miss it, tomorrow when you make that mistake, and the next day when things aren't going the way you should, and the enemy comes back and says that all that baptism water stuff was hocus-pocus, meant nothing, you'll be able to look right at them and say something totally different. Go with me to Ephesians. Let me begin to tell you. Let me begin to show you. Listen, this is going to be a little wordy. This is a lot of words. I'm going to read to you the whole scripture because you need to know what you are saying today at the place of baptism. You need to know, even if you aren't being water baptized today, you need to know what happened when you gave heart to Christ, when you were born again according to the scripture, meaning you became a new person on the inside, an inward thing began to work on the inside of you. You need to know exactly what's happening. In Ephesians chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 2, 1 through 10. Everybody say, oh my. People don't like to read a lot of scripture in church anymore. Because you got somewhere to go. I know you got, you got lunch or breakfast or brunch. I get it. Here we go. Here's what you're saying at baptism. Here's what you're saying when you die to your sin, to your outward man. Here's what you're saying when you are standing in front of people and you walk out there and you miss it and you stand up and say, I'm still born again, I'm still saved. Here's what you're saying. Once I was dead because my disobedience and my many sins. (laughs) I used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of the sinful nature. But our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God. God. Everybody say, but God. But God God is so rich in mercy. Look, when you go down and come up, this is what you're saying. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved me so much, that even though I was dead because of my sins, He gave me life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that I have been saved. For He raised me, say me, from the dead along with Christ, and seated me, say me, with Him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. God can point to me, say point to me in all future ages as examples of an incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. It gets better. It gets better right here. God saved me by His grace. (laughs) When I believed, and I can't take credit for this, It's a gift from God. The more disqualified you are, the more qualified you are, my friend. Salvation is not a reward for the good things I've done. (laughs) So I can't boast about it, for I am God's masterpiece. He's created me anew in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Let's read that one together. Ready? Start with four. F-O-R. Ready? One, two, three. You read! The good things that He's planned for you to do. Guys, let me just tell you something. My Father, many of your Father, (laughs) my Lord, many of you, your Lord, because there may be somebody here who's never made this first choice. 
But those that have, you are understanding a very simple truth, and that is, I've got purpose in this life now, and God is making sure that I'm going to fulfill that purpose. I love the Scripture that He says, the gifts and callings of God are with, excuse me, I snorted in church, are without repentance. They don't leave you. They don't forsake you. They don't walk away from you. You may put them down for a little while. You may lay them down because whatever life distraction you have, but you can pick them up at any time that you want. I just encourage you not to wait too long. And when you come to baptism today, uh, listen man, I'm hoping I'm inspiring about another 40 of you to say, I sign up out there. I don't even care if you sign up. Just show up. Because you can acknowledge something that's happening in you more than just what's going to be happening on the outside of me. <laughs> you want to hear some more? When I'm baptized today, Thank you for my new watch, man. It's cool. I can see this one. When, when you're baptized today, fully immersed, here's another thing you're saying. <laughs> Romans chapter 6, verse 14. New Living Translation. We just need to read that one together. Here's what you say. Ready? Read. Read it together. Come on. One, two, three. Read. You live, make a decision, choose to accept something that you can't pay for, you can't be good enough for. <laughs> How do I know that? I'll tell you the definition of the word grace. Grace, oh, there's so much in grace, we have to take ten weeks to help you to get set up for another ten weeks. The whole New Testament is based on grace. Because your father knew that in and of yourself, you were going to be a failure one day. Multiple times in that one day. You weren't necessarily going to be the best person because someone ticked you off and you gave them the middle finger on the way to work or something. Good friend of mine, <laughs> uh, one that's going to help us here with our northern launch, I was talking to him on the phone the other night and they had some things going in their family and and uh, they were on vacation and got called back and to be there for their kids. And in the process of being there, you know, they were tired. They were overwhelmed with the whole experience of driving 10 hours and being pulled out of vacation and all of that. And he said that, you know, he had a moment, as all men do, when you get frustrated. And he said some things he wished he hadn't said. And he cussed. <laughs> Isn't it cool to know that God doesn't care if you cuss? He doesn't care if you drink. But some, of, some of you are a bunch of drinkers in here. I quit that a long time ago. So, but he doesn't care. He might want you to quit. But we're making things that are not necessarily important to God as much as your inward man that's happening. And you try to quit all of those things that are just... Uh, I mean, they're just, they're just... We can meddle all day long on the fleshy stuff. Don't ever go to someone and tell them that they don't let you drink at Coastal Family Church. I don't care if you drink like a fish. It'll just kill your liver in long term. And then your purpose will be ended, shorted, short, made shorter. Now you're going to go to heaven and be happy and great and all of that and look down and cheer us on, but you could have done a lot more while you were here. And when you get there, you won't even care. 
But I'm challenging you to care while you are here. To do something with a power that's living on the inside of you. A grace. And when you go today at baptism and you make that decision to do some things that say, you know what, this is what's going to happen to me. I'm surrendering my life to a life of grace. And listen, let me tell you what happens when you do that. Can I do that? <laughs> Let's get one more scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Then I'll tell you what's happening. I'm going to let you go pretty quickly today. I want you to be rested up to get drowned today. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. New King James Version. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's okay to be you guys. <laughs> and His grace toward me was not in vain... But I labored more abundantly that they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Grace propels you into a relationship with Jesus. Grace propels you into a life of freedom, what you're called to be. Grace propels you into a life of walking to a higher set of standards. Grace propels you into a life that eventually begins to benefit others. Grace of God will begin to affect every area of your life if you will allow it. It will affect the way you think. It will affect your lifestyle. It will affect your choices, how you walk, how you order your behavior, your conversations, how you treat people. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, the message translation that there is a new power in operation. You have the power and the ability to live this thing called Christian life. And it's not boring. It's not lame. It's not something that I just want to roll up and tuck my head under my knee and say, well, that's just them. No, 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 no. you got something that people need. You've got a purpose that everybody needs to know about. You've got a story that's been written and that story has been written through the life of grace and God's give you the power to fulfill it. And when that power comes up and rises up on the inside of you, it's very tangible. Speaking in tongues is not the grace of God. That's the evidence of the power that's existing in you. We've made things that's not. Because we've taken Scripture and made doctrines out of religion and made doctrines out of something that's not. And the Bible is very clear. If you just would learn about grace, accept His mercy, and make a conscious decision that I'm going to order my behavior based upon Christian principles and values, and then when I fall short of that, I'm going to fall back into that mercy. <laughs> I'm going to fall back into that baptism. Paul said to the Romans, he says, he said, look, does this give me right to continue to sin, this grace? No. It, he said, it's not like that at all. This grace, if it's really working in your life, it gives you the power to overcome it. So when you're falling short constantly, you're not tapping into the grace. And you need to get around some people that know how to help you get around the grace of God. That just might mean come to church every now and then. Maybe, maybe more than just twice a year or once a month. It, it, there's ways to tap into the grace. It might just be when you're at home. Maybe instead of watching 10 hours of whatever you watch, maybe just put maybe 30 minutes of a gospel teaching. Or, or maybe if you're old school, go back to the, uh, uh, the, the Gaithers. Don't listen to them too much. They'll send you to heaven too quick. <laughs> That's all they sing about is heaven. <laughs> Make you, every song I listen to, and I love them. It's how I was raised. I'm, <laughs> when I get through, man, I'm like, see ya. 
<laughs> and all of them, you, you, have, you look at what they look like. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's bad, wasn't it? <laughs> ah. One more, and we're done. Second Corinthians 12, verse 18. Talking about the grace of God. The power that's in operation available to you today. See, if you put more emphasis on the moment, you'll never understand what's really happening. And you'll trust the moment. And we ain't going to be there three days from now to baptize you in the tub again. You're going to need how to baptize yourself. And that's simply this. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. I just ain't perfect. Father, thank you. I'm baptized. Thank you for your mercy. I got your grace. Here's what happens. But he said unto me, my grace. Gosh, this is good. My grace, my favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. Sufficient against any danger in it and enables you to bear trouble manfully. My strength and power are made perfect fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weakness and infirmities that the strength and the power of Christ, the Messiah, <laughs> may rest. And you've got to hear this. Yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. Stand up. Three things that are happening for some people today. It may be you in this service. Maybe, maybe a one-time moment of confessing Jesus as your Lord. You've never done that. He's very intentional about you. He knew you were coming. This is a moment of opportunity. And if you walk out and you don't take the opportunity, guess what? He's not going to stop. I'm preaching good news. You're going to walk out. You've encountered something bigger and greater than yourself. It's just happened. I can't, it's not even something I can totally explain. But you'll know when you walk out, you've heard something bigger and greater than yourself. And it'll chase you down until you surrender a life to a life of what's called grace. And to the mercy of God so that He can fulfill you and bring peace into your life. So you can get to know Him. So you can find freedom in Him. <laughs> And discover the purpose that's in your life. Three things I want to leave you with. Today, if you're being baptized, you are professing that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You are beginning a changed new life in Him. Living a life by faith through grace. Faith is your part. Grace is His part. Most importantly, you are making a decision to be part of a new family. The family of God, but also the family at Coastal. And what we're saying to you today is that we will embrace you. You're going to need somebody pretty soon. You're going to need, you know, we, we, <clears throat> we do this, the boot camp thing. And, and uh, we had a workout on Friday. And I'm just telling you, it was a butt kicker. Can you say that in church? Better than the other word. It was a butt kicker. And it was tough. 
And I can tell you right now that this good old boy here probably wouldn't have completed it without some help around me. Some people cheering me on. Some people embracing the ability that I have. Telling me, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. You got it. Oh, I love that word. You got this, 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 you got this. Just look at somebody and say, you got this. Look at somebody and say, you got this. The grace will empower you. People will come alongside and then help you with that grace when you're ready to give up on it. And say, you got this. So you are embracing a family. Say it with me. I am what I am. In Jesus' name. How many people want to get baptized now? <laughs> come on up, baby. She'll close them out. Let me pray over you. She's getting ready to come up here this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much, so much, so much.